Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we take a look at the dream that so many footballers around Africa have, the dream of going to Europe to play for a big club there. But it's a very challenging goal, and we speak to young Gambian Ebrima Jatta, who's playing in the sixth tier of football in Sweden. It's very, very difficult to be a professional. It's very, very hard. Sometimes you can be lucky, you can, it's all about luck sometimes, but it's very difficult. So it's all about patience, as you share. You mentioned patience there. It's all about patience and determination. That's coming shortly. Also, Stuart, on whether West Ham can get a place in the Champions League next season and where Liverpool's 3-0 win over Arsenal leaves the Gunners manager Mikel Arteta. But let's start with an amazing story of an 11-year-old boy in Liberia who's one of the youngest players to feature in a senior national league. Eric Marshall, nicknamed God Power, is playing for Gawua FC in Liberia with grown men in the fourth tier. Well, Planet Sport Football Africa's Ash Tikiwa spoke to Gawua owner and president Alvin Clark, who also lives with Eric and his 13 other teammates. In his second game, we were down 2-0 and we were a man down because of red card. When we looked on the bench, we thought that Godpa would come on and, and, and make a difference. When he came, by the grace of God, we were able to um, equalize the two goals. This is something that astounded so many spectators on the field and in the stadium. So what are, what, what are they saying? You bring him on, what are the supporters saying when, when, when they see him play, when they see him do what he does, even when they see you guys considering him to turn a difficult situation like that around? It's not many players who can do that. He has drawn comparison from several international pinnets as, as the one better than Cristiano Ronaldo at that age and... Um, you know, uh, at 11 years old, Messi wasn't playing in a competitive football as God Power is right now. So, um, but we have this explicit confidence in his in his qualities. He's very very skilled in simple touches. He reads the game well. He reads the movements of his teammates, the movements of his opponents. He's very much aware of his surrounding. And so it's it's a huge advantage for us. Whenever he touches the ball, is is huge. It's positive. It's one hundred and twenty percent positive for us. Well, a wonder boy. That's the owner of Liberian club Kaua. That's Alvin Clark talking about eleven-year-old Eric Godpower Marshall. Uh, you can see his videos on YouTube, and uh, he must be a name to listen out for. Well, on Planet Sport Football Africa this week, we're focusing on the dream that so many footballers around Africa have. The dream of going to Europe and playing for a big club, maybe in the English Premier League or in the Spanish La Liga. It's a dream, though, that's extremely hard to turn into reality. It comes with many challenges and hardships, and those who do get to Europe are likely to be playing in a small league rather than a big one. But on the other hand, if you don't try at all, you won't succeed, of course. And in the past, we've spoken to young Gambian Modu Lamine Marong, who first made the bold move of going to train with a club in Sweden without a contract. And at the age of 20, he then got his first contract with a fourth-tier club. 
We've been speaking to another Gambian, Ebrima Jatta, who's playing in the sixth tier of football in Sweden, having also been to Egypt and the Czech Republic. Well, Jatta's current club is Bergdalens IK. He plays as a right-back or a defensive midfielder. And Planet Sport Football Africa's Adrian Barnard first asked Jatta on why he decided to leave home. Football in Africa is not easy as, yeah, it's not, not never easy. Because we don't have good, good facilities. There is especially no funds, no, no good salaries. So you have to sacrifice for it. You have to sacrifice and work hard and work hard. Yes, all about determination, you work hard. So you were playing football for a team in the Gambia. Tell us about that team. All right, yeah, I was in Walidan. It's, 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 it's the most successful club in the Gambia. It's a record holder, yeah? So I was there for almost, since I was going to school. Since I was, since I was young, yeah, I admired the club, so I decided to join Walidan, yeah? So I've been there since 2011 to 2013. So from there... From there, I moved to Sherekunda United. So from there also, so I happen to have an, uh, a good season in Sherekunda United. So where I, I have an agent who wanted me in Egypt. So I went to Egypt in 2018, yeah. And tell us about your career in Egypt. How did you find that? Because I imagine that was the first time you'd played away from home and been away from your family and support network. It's not easy leaving your family back home, flying uh, miles, <laughs> a lot of miles uh, to abroad. It's not easy. It's not easy, as we all know. It's not easy leaving your family back home and travel abroad. It's not easy. You have to be focused and know what what takes you there. So it's not easy, honestly. With different culture, you went to see different culture. Not many African black people there, so it's not easy. <laughs> And how about the language? Was that an issue for you in Egypt? It's very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult because in the, the coaches don't speak English, especially in, in North Africa. Yeah, they don't speak English, so you have to be fast. You have to be fast, and maybe sometimes you look at the boys, where they, what they are doing, you just follow them also. So it's not easy. It's a tough, 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 tough time without, if you don't know the language. <laughs> so it's not easy. What support did you have then? Because I imagine when you were playing for the top team in the Gambia, you had friends, family all around you, the support of the club, everyone speaking the same language. And then all of a sudden you're in Egypt and it's very different. So how did you cope with that time? Very difficult, very difficult. But you have to, you have to be fast also as a player also. You have to be fast, yeah, so, and sometimes you have to, you have to go close to your friends, yeah? If you go to a club, uh, you have to close to friends. And they can just uh, give you some language also. Yeah, it's not easy for that race. Don't matter. It's not easy. It's very, very hard. Very hard. Well, you said you went to Egypt in 2018, and we're now three yeah. years further on. I believe that earlier this year you went to the Czech Republic for a trial. So tell us how that went. Yeah, uh, there's an agent who bring me to show me playing. So he decided to bring me in Czech Republic. So it's another different thing also. It's in Europe, but another different thing. Because Czech Republic is very cold. You know, Egypt is a hot place, but in Czech Republic, it's Europe. Some communists are central Europe. It's very, very cold there. Very, very cold. And you'd never come across anything like that in the Gambia before? Never, never, never. Since I stepped down in the airport, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's not easy in Czech Republic. So the agent brought me in, uh, in Czech Republic, yeah. 
And you didn't stay there very long. That was due to a COVID issues, is that correct, with the, the leagues and the leagues not playing exactly. due to the pandemic? It's crazy. The league is not working there right now. The government decided to close down all the leagues. And for now, the citizens of Czech Republic are not even allowed to go out. So it's crazy right now. So it's crazy stuff there. So you've moved across to Sweden, and I know that yeah. we've been talking about how important it is to have friends and contacts there. And you have another friend from the Gambia who you've known for quite some while, who's also playing out there. Yeah, I know him well since in childhood time, since I was playing this local football in the Gambia. He's Molamado Jimado. He was even wanted for by Bissau, but he was born in the Gambia, so he decided to play for the Gambia. Yeah, he made the debut. He even made, uh, made, he made in history for the first time Gambia qualifying for the AFCON. Well, uh, Abrima, let's talk about that for just a moment. How important it is for the Gambia to be playing in the AFCON finals for the first time. I, I know that many, many people in the Gambia have been looking forward to this day for years. So for you as a professional footballer from the Gambia, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I'm very, very happy. I'm very glad. I always wake up since on the 25th that we play. I always wake up with happiness every day because we've been trained since our granddads to qualify. So this is for the first time. It's a great, great, great thing. So I'm happy. I'm praying for the boys to go to Cameroon in 2022 to get a great, great performance. Yeah. So it will even help the Gambia also, the Gambia youngsters, because these scouts and the agents, they always focus in this, like, uh, this, this big countries, those qualify for the AFCON. So at least this time, they will also concentrate to the Gambia also, because Gambia is a small country. So it's a great, great, great thing for the Gambia. Well, I know that you've had quite a journey to make it as a professional footballer. And I know you're quite keen to share some of your advice with the young people in the Gambia and across Africa, indeed, who would maybe be looking to follow a similar path. So what can you tell them then, Abrima, about your experience and all the hard work and the patience that you have to put in? Yeah, it's very, very difficult to be a professional. It's very, very hard. Sometimes you can be lucky. You can, it's all about luck sometimes, but it's very difficult. So it's all about patience, as you share. You mentioned patience there. It's all about patience and determination. So it's not easy. You have to go through hardships also sometimes. So it's not easy. So you have to be patient and hard work and only patient. Patient can make of your So it's not easy. So because you'll be you'll be living in your country where you have friends, families, so always you you always with that. So if you go outside you'll be alone there, boring, different weather, different culture. So it's not easy. It's not easy. Now, you mentioned that you had an agent. How important is it to have an agent and to have a good agent as well? Because we all hear stories about there being some very good agents out there, but also some unscrupulous agents who maybe try to take advantage of the players. And you have to be very careful, don't you, who you appoint to be your agent and to act for you. Exactly, exactly. It's very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult because there are many frauds now, these frauds so. Um, I'm lucky because I, I fall in a very good agent, a very, very good and a professional agent here. Yeah? So he works everything with uh, paperwork, authentic things. So it's very important. This agency thing is very, very important because some of them will ask you money, will ask families money. You'll be pumping your money there at the end. You'll never see that agent. So it's not easy. You have to be very careful with this agency thing also. Because there are many, there are many, many, many fake agents now. So it's very important for, for that here. Yeah, 
So tell us something about your ambitions then, Ibrima. You're still a young footballer. You've been in Egypt. You've yeah. briefly in the Czech Republic and now in Sweden. What are your ambitions? Have you got ambitions of maybe playing in the EPL in England? Yeah, that's my dream. That's my dream even every day. I wake up with that dream every day. EPL is my dream. It's, it's my dream league, yeah. And I support Man United also. Yeah, since I was young, it was, it's my team I follow. <laughs> so I will still step, step, step in Old Trafford <laughs> one day, yeah, soon. I'm working with that every day. We wish you every success with that, Abrima. And you've shared some of the yeah. challenges that faced you as a, a young player trying to make yeah. it as a professional. There are a lot of sacrifices involved, but there are a lot of benefits as well. And uh, I know a lot of people come to Europe to try and get a good salary so that they can support themselves and their families. So yeah. what are the good things then about playing in Europe? You're away from your family, you're away from your friends, but there's obviously an awful lot of good things happening. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> But the good things, yeah, um, that's my dream to come to Europe to be a professional player, to achieve my dreams. My dreams is to, to have good clubs, big clubs, good contract, and go head back, go back to Africa, help young ones, and help the family. Yeah, that's my dream. That's Gambian Ebrima Jatta speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Adrian Barnard. Ebrima then is pursuing his goal of making it to one of the big clubs in Europe, currently playing though in the sixth tier of football in Sweden, having also been to Egypt and the Czech Republic along the way. So Ebrima's advice there is uh, be aware that it is a very difficult road. You may need a lucky break to get to where you want to. Also, you need patience and determination. And you need to be ready to go through hardships, including maybe a different language, different weather, and just being away from home too. Uh, Well, Ida, that's uh, quite a warning there. Well, it sounds quite ominous, doesn't it, Steve? But to be honest, it's quite realistic as well. And look, it is important that the player is fully aware of the situation. It's a difficult journey, Steve, and not just for Jata, but for so many players out there. Uh, Currently, there are many Gambian players plying their trade in Italy, Spain, you know, the likes of Sweden, France, especially with uh, Hassan Kamara being one of the few. Maybe, if not the only, Steve, top flight Gambian in the Ligue 1. He plays for Nice. And focusing on English football, and there are less than five Gambian players, Steve, in England. Most of the players there are between the championship and the county's leagues. And it's exactly that, you know, for you to go through such hardship, Steve, in the midst of the challenges, you have to be driven by something. You know, you have to be driven either by hope, by your dream to keep pushing. And you look at it, if Igalo, for example, you know, fulfilled his dream of playing for Manchester United and became the first Nigerian in the process to do so, you know, knowing all the Nigerians who have been through the English Premier League over the decades, then someone else will. And I mean, Jata was the first person from his village to make it to the national team. And it must be a source of inspiration, you know, even at this juncture to see his countrymen, you know, the likes of Musa Baro, for example, scoring against big teams in the Serie A. But back to the Gambia national team. Well, they are simply on top of the world right now, of course, you know, qualifying for the Nations Cup. 
And it is a testament to the positive trajectory of the country's football. Now, a huge part of this, Steve, as we've discussed, is also just because of the increase of Gambian internationals. So the exposure must definitely be working. Yes, absolutely. And it's kind of sad that Ibrima would have left one of the Gambia's top clubs to play in the sixth tier of Swedish football because you doubt maybe whether the standard of play is any higher in the Swedish sixth tier. Well, Steve, it might not necessarily be about the standard of play, but instead be about the exposure, you know, and the opportunities that can abound just courtesy of being in Sweden. Because, look, just as Jata said, football in Africa is never easy, you know, and it's also important to find out just why, you know, so many Gambians and so many Africans do want to ply their trade in Europe. And of course, you know, the answer is obvious, but we were talking about the number of Gambian players in Europe specifically. And you've heard Jata talk about some of the positives of being in the continent, aside, you know, from all the hardships we were talking about earlier. And in April 2019, Steve, the EU actually launched a youth empowerment program in the Gambia to tackle the root causes of the country's migration to Europe. Plus, all in all, Steve, Sweden... And, you know, other, you know, similar countries, you know, the likes of Belgium, just in terms of similarities in the leagues, you know, such countries have ordinarily been used as a starting point for many players, you know, especially of African origin who might not get the opportunity, you know, to start off in the league or country of their choice. I mean, we've seen many Africans, you know leveraging performances in Sweden, for example, to then catapult them to the likes of the La Liga and the Serie A. You know, I'll mention one closer to home for me, you know, uh, Kenyan superstar Michael Lolunga, who became the first Kenyan to score a hat-trick in the La Liga after plying his trade in Sweden for some time. So, Steve, it's definitely hard. Everyone's just trying to make it. But realistically and hopefully, maybe one or two or more than that will. Yeah, sure, and uh, get the rewards of all their hard work that they've put in. Thanks, Ida. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart on whether Manchester City can afford Erling Haaland. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Right, next let's go to our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK. Let's start with the UEFA Champions League and the quarterfinals are looking intriguing after the first leg, Stuart, with Bayern Munich losing to Paris Saint-Germain, Real Madrid holding the advantage over Liverpool and Chelsea getting a surprise away win to Porto. Yes, four intriguing ties. Uh, Real Madrid beating Liverpool 3-1 will certainly have been a massive disappointment for Jurgen Klopp and an awful lot to do in the second leg. Mbappe took just two minutes to put Paris Saint-Germain ahead in Munich against Bayern Munich and they went on to win 3-2. So with the home leg to come, you might favour the French team there against the holders. Chelsea beat Porto 2-0. Porto were allegedly at home But since they're playing home and away legs at neutral ground, it's a bit confusing. So uh, I suppose they'll change changing rooms for the second leg. Manchester City beat Dortmund 2-1, but were a little fortunate to do so. 
they needed a last-minute goal, and also Dortmund had a perfectly good goal ruled out by a refereeing error. It was an intriguing incident because what happened was there was a clash between Jude Bellingham of Dortmund and the Manchester City goalkeeper Ederson. The referee blew a whistle just when Bellingham was about to put the ball into the net. Because it hadn't gone into the net, it wasn't a goal situation which could be reviewed. But when you saw the replay, it was clear that the foul had been committed by Ederson and not by Bellingham. And of course, referees are told not to stop the action until the goal is scored so that it can be reviewed properly. So a little bit lucky for City, but they may well go through to the semi-finals. Well, some controversy there. So Man City 2-1 up from the first leg, but maybe not as comfortable as they would have wanted it to be. And on social media this week, we're asking, what do you think it will take to win this season's UEFA Champions League? Uh, can Bayern Munich turn their quarterfinal around? Uh, certainly Real Madrid and Chelsea looking good. So who do you think will win the Champions League? And what will it take to become the champions this time around in a very tough race? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. And to the English Premier League, uh, the race for the top four places is so intriguing, Stuart. And we could even see West Ham in the Champions League next season. Well, I think that last weekend we learned a lot about the top of the Premier League. Manchester City were simply a class above Leicester, and I can't see anyone catching City. Manchester United had to come from behind to beat Brighton. But with Leicester and Chelsea both losing and Tottenham only drawing, Manchester United's unimpressive performance actually improved their position. Chelsea losing at home to West Brom and Champion 5-2 was an astonishing result. I mean, OK, Chelsea played the entire second half with 10 men after Thiago Silva got two yellow cards. But West Brom and Albion, don't forget, had previously won three out of 29 league games this season. Chelsea had not conceded a goal in the previous seven games, and suddenly they concede five at home. Now, it is an interesting statistic I have for you, Steve, that as well as scoring five goals in an away game, West Brom have conceded five goals at home three times this season. That last happened in 1930. But as you say, the biggest winners last week were West Ham United, who moved above Liverpool, Tottenham and Chelsea into fourth place. West Ham have struggled a bit since they moved into the Olympic Stadium from their traditional and compact ground Upton Park. But this season, manager David Moyes has them firing on all cylinders and they're thoroughly deserving their position of being in contention for a Champions League place. We spoke last week about loan signings and Jesse Lingard in particular, who's on loan at West Ham from Manchester United. And what a success his move has been. Six goals for West Ham in eight league games and back in the England team. Intriguingly though, in the next two weeks, West Ham are at home to Leicester City and Chelsea, fellow potential top four teams. Wins in those two games wouldn't have helped West Ham's cause. I must say, I thought that West Ham would be fighting relegation, not to gunning for a Champions League place. So a great season for them under David Moyes. And Stuart, what about Liverpool's 3-0 win over Arsenal last weekend? Uh, where does that leave Mikel Arteta? 
Well, first of all, Liverpool were excellent. Mo Salah scored one goal and Jota got two. And what an inspired by Diego Jota has been. Predictably, he's found it hard to get a starting place in the Liverpool team with Mane, Salah and Firmino, only starting seven league games. But he's managed eight goals as well as a Champions League hat-trick and three goals this week for Portugal in the international window. But as you say, what do we make of Arsenal? Remember how they started the season with three wins top of the league and now they find themselves 10th, not even sure of a Europa League place for next season. Goals have dried up for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Only seven league goals this season from open play plus two penalties. Doesn't it seem a long time since Arsenal were begging Aubameyang to sign a $400,000 a week contract? But... Given how poor Liverpool have been of late, one might have expected Arsenal to attack them. But instead, Arsenal seem tentative, sitting back, lacking confidence themselves. You know, it's really hard to say that Mikel Arteta has improved Arsenal. I really don't know what they're going to do. Then there was drama at the bottom of the table too. Scoring five goals away to Chelsea has given West Brom added confidence that they might actually survive. But they're still eight points behind Newcastle as they try to get out of the bottom three. Now, with 13 minutes left, Fulham were leading Aston Villa and heading for the win that would take them out of the bottom three. But then Aston Villa brought on their Egyptian Mahmoud Trezeguet off the bench and he scored two goals in four minutes as Villa went on to win 3-1, leaving Fulham three points behind Newcastle and six behind Brighton with just seven games to play. Yes, so Fulham certainly needed those points. And it was a bit surprising, I thought, to hear Man City manager Pep Guardiola saying that they might not be able to afford to buy a top striker to replace Sergio Aguero at the end of the season. Uh, City's main target is the wonder boy Erling Haaland at Borussia Dortmund, but Guardiola said the prices are too high. I can't help wondering, Steve, if Pep is simply playing games and saying that City can't afford a top striker as City are, of course, one of the richest clubs in the world. But, of course, they may have an issue with the UEFA financial fair play rules, limiting spending to revenue generated. And, of course, City, like everyone else, with no spectators for most of the last year, their revenue is significantly down. But what is all the fuss about this Erling Haaland? He's only 20 but he's already scored 65 goals in professional football. He started off in Norway, the country of his birth, played for Molde for two seasons, then was transferred to Salzburg in Austria when he was still only 18. And the last two seasons, he's played at Borussia Dortmund, where he started 32 league games plus five off the bench and scored 34 goals. That's virtually a goal per game in the German league. He's big, he's strong, He's fast, he's a natural goal scorer, and he likes to play down the middle. Now, there is speculation that he's going to leave Dortmund in the summer, with his agent having very publicly had talks with Real Madrid and Barcelona. Dortmund have said that if he goes, his transfer fee will be in the region of $300 million. Now, to sum up what we know, Dortmund might sell him for $300 million, Barcelona and Real Madrid are talking, and Pep Guardiola doesn't want him. Well, you sort of feel that everyone is playing games at the moment. But you could add a question of where he would fit in at Manchester City, because Guardiola 
this season has often played with no out-and-out central striker, and that is the role that Haaland likes. But what makes the situation more intriguing for the two Manchester clubs is that the player is Norwegian, and he played under Oli Gunnar Solskjaer at Molde, and his dad, Alf Inge Haaland, was at one stage a Manchester City player. And if that name is familiar to you, it may be because he had a famous run-in with Roy Keane. In 2000, Keane, the Manchester United captain, got a red card for a nasty tackle in Haaland, which was thought to be partly in revenge for a previous incident between the two players. And, of course, Pep had a good opportunity to run an eye over Haaland this week and again next week as City are playing Dortmund in the Champions League home and away. Watch this space for developments. Uh, indeed. And uh, what else have you got for us, Stuart? Last weekend, Steve, Rebecca Welsh became the first woman to be appointed to referee an EFL game when she was in charge of Harrogate against Port Vale in League Two. Sean Massey-Ellis is a regular assistant referee at Premier League games. But while about 30% of top referees in Europe are women, very few of them have reached the summit, one might say. Babine Steinhaus refereed a German Bundesliga game in 2017. Stephanie Frappard from France became the first woman to referee a men's Champions League game last year. So hopefully Rebecca Welsh is going to be the first of many to be appointed referee in England and beyond. Yeah, sure. Interesting. Uh, thanks a lot, Stuart. Um, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. We'll be back next week. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production. <laughs>